Hey, what's up? It's Thursday. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. I'm your co-host, Scott Rachel, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, helping you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Scott, you get back to the window last night. How'd your day go? Uh, overall, not well yesterday, but it happens. Had a good start to the week, so I'm still profitable on the week. But it was not particularly good yesterday. Ended up having a loss with my play of the day. I had the first period under in the Lightning Rangers game. Oops. And Vasilevsky gave up a goal on the first shot on net. There was one goal in the final 18 minutes of the period. And I still lost. So not a fun time. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, kind of surprising hockey game. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. I want to welcome everybody. Joining us in the comment section, one of the best parts about doing this show live is we get to talk to everybody in uh, sort of real time, probably uh, probably about a 10-second delay from the time that you post something to the time we actually see it. So it's it's not perfect, but you know what? It ain't bad. G Money says he liked it before anybody else, before the show even started. That's what I'm talking about. Don't forget to like, man. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You know the drill. If you're listening to us in podcast form, of course, rate our show. Give us those, give us some stars. Give us those five-star reviews or give us a one-star review. Fuck, we can take it. We don't care. Just uh, leave some comments there. If you listen to us in podcast form, we're available on all your regular podcast platforms. Check that out as well. And don't forget, like I said, to subscribe to both the YouTube channels, the Winners and Winners YouTube channel and the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. That will be critical in about 10 days because that is the only place you're going to find us is the Max Wagers Network. So beat the crowd, get over there, subscribe right now. Special shout out, Brandon Kubon says, let's get it. We back. All right, baby. Uh, uh, G Money says, Dear Otani, thank you for the uh, over, for the first half over. Got me 350 bucks. Beautiful. Uh, I've got that as a premium play as well. So I'm happy about that. Tim Earl checking in. You have what over the over or the first five over? I got the Yankees. Oh, okay. I got the Yankees for a pream uh, run line. So uh, good start. Tim Murrow's up. Uh, no money line. I took the run. I took the run line yesterday with Cortez. Uh, just money line today. So yeah, I'm uh, running a run per inning. I'm happy. Mm. Ryan Page over here. Yep, yeah, that five. No, he's at C- he's at Caesars. He told us that on the last show. Yeah, Ryan Page is uh, sitting at Caesars and he's watching his Yankees and I'm assuming making money. So beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Nathan Cerna checking in. Andrew's here. Michael Dose is here. Man, we got uh, we got a lot of cats checking in. A lot of regulars here. So yeah, we appreciate the uh, appreciate all the support. And of course, we want you to check out all the great offerings at the Max Wagers Network. Twelve o'clock's midday money with Sean Higgs. One p.m. brings Morning Wood with Allie Burns. Two o'clock's Chris and I doing parlays. I roll over here to Studio B to shoot the three o'clock show with my pal Scott Reichel. Four o'clock, Sean Miller talking about the beautiful game soccer from around the world and the aforementioned Tim Earl, his uh, even more handsome brother, Nick, and Detroit Lenny bring it all home at 5 p.m. with game time decision. So a uh, special shout out to Tim and his Eastern Carolina University Pirates as they get going in the uh, regionals. We're getting ready for the College World Series. So, you know, I got to tell you, if, if Tim, if uh, the Pirates make the college world series and you go, I will come up to Omaha and uh, we'll have, we'll have a beer or something. Cause Omaha is about three hours from my house. So how good East, is East Carolina? Uh, I understand if, if from the earlier show, they are eighth in the nation. Okay. 
Cool. There, I believe. I'm, I'm just assuming Tennessee's going to make it to the uh, Super, the World Series. Is it Tennessee in that regional? No, I just mean in general. I okay. I mean, Tennessee's the best team. Okay. Well, so when it comes to who's going to win, my pick would be Tennessee. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? Good to know. No, I haven't. Uh, I looked at the. I looked at the brackets just to see who made it, who didn't make it, who was if there was anybody that was hosting one close to us. I, I know look. NC State allegedly got hosed, but I can't say that I followed that closely. Uh, all I know is that the guy who set the freshman home run record officially entered the portal today. Oh, very good. Hey, you know I went I went down uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas was hosting a, uh, a regional, a super is it a regional? And then and then they go to the super regional, right? Yes. Okay, so they were hosting a regional last year. I got a wild hair. I saw the schedule. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drive down and check out one of the games. <laughs> no, no. They are crazy about Arkansas baseball. There yes, was yes, no, no tickets to be had anywhere. Uh, a couple of guys had them for like 250 bucks for the bleachers. I'm like, no, 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 no. Fuck that. I'm trying to recall who won last year. Was it Vanderbilt who won? I honestly, I honestly don't remember. I'm trying to remember if they ended up winning with Vanderbilt. I'm ashamed. Or not. I'm, I, I, I'm ashamed I know to Tennessee's say Tennessee's the big favorite, as they should be. They've been the number one team in the country for pretty much the entire year. Solid offense. They also have a very solid bullpen with the guy who throws 104. Was the name Joyce? That sounds right. Ben Joyce. That sounds right. Yeah, yep. I think so. But he's going to be a phenomenal reliever, assuming his arm doesn't fall off. And yeah, uh, if you want a dark horse, I don't even know if they're in the tournament or not no coastal by the way uh michael that's the one team i know that didn't win because arkansas got beat in their own regional they did they did not advance to the super regional they lost to oh i can't even remember who it was i can almost was it mississippi state because tim's telling me mississippi state won the whole thing that's right rocker oh yeah shelled yeah, in the final. That's right. I think. That's right. They had the uh, they had the the two headed monster for Vanderbilt. I'm saying that was Rocker who got shelled, right? Mm-hmm. And they lost in the yeah. That sounds familiar. Yep. So if you want a dark horse candidate, Coastal Carolina, no particular reason. I didn't watch them play all year, but I know that they always make a deep run. <laughs> it always feels that way. They're so in, I guess Coastal's the long shot. They're in the ECU regional because ECU is hosting that regional there in Greenville. The fact that I knew Coastal was even in the running without following a minute of college baseball means that they might be a Cinderella story because they usually make a relatively deep run. They have a pretty good program over there. Eh, we'll see. Uh, there's a funny line. Andrew, Andrew Kalaji says, uh, miss, the last four were Mississippi State, COVID, Vanderbilt, and Oregon State. I remember Oregon State, and I remember Vandy. I forgot that Mississippi State beat Vandy last year. Mm-hmm. I just remember Vandy being in the final. Yeah, very good. Jones says, happy Thursday, Thursday, thirsty Thursday. Yeah, happy, happy Thursday, Thursday to you too as well. Uh, Grand Canyon is a good dark horse. Uh, they have a uh, shortstop, should be a first-round pick. And uh, Brandon Kubas checking in with Santa Barbara. Man, they got a lot of college baseball fans out there. It's a beautiful thing, man. A lot of games every day, um, a lot of in- line inefficiencies. You just got to follow It was, it was one of those sto- situations that we talked about where we both were looking into potentially getting involved into baseball. And then as I looked up, they were about to start the tournament. Right. And I kind of missed the entire boat on yep. that one. Yep. But I, I'll actually look through some odds briefly. If you want to follow my hunch on the coastal long shot, 200 to 1. Okay. All so... Right. 
whatever. We'll not, see. I, I know if you want to look for an upset in one of the earlier rounds, I really do like that Wright State team. Okay. That I've been kind of following a little bit. I know that they absolutely destroyed their entire conference tournament, but that Wright State team's pretty good. I got to see who they're matched up against in the first round. They're matched up against Virginia Tech. They're around plus 390. Yeah. I don't mind Wright State. I think they got a shot there. Okay. Well, um, if, just if, saying. If you, if you want three picks of somebody that's not just pulling names of schools out of his ass, uh, Tim Earl that's, says Texas State, UConn, well, you and Louisiana Tech. Wright State. They, they've been good. <laughs> okay. They've been good. I'm just saying. Do I think Virginia Tech should be about minus five something? No, I do not. Okay. All right. What do you want from me? Okay, I know Wright State can mash the ball. So if you want to give me like a four to one underdog, I'll take a team that could score seven runs. We'll cut out all the part where I question your question your following baseball and you'll sound really smart. It'll be fine. We'll fix well, it. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll I'll tell you what, post. if I'm wrong about everything else, uh-huh. but Wright State somehow pulls it out, yeah. I hit a four to one and I could just take a victory lap for the rest of the tournament. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So Wright State to win the regionals, what you're saying. No, I'm taking Wright State in the first game against Virginia Tech. Oh, just the first game. The first game, they're plus 390. Okay. I think that's a pretty solid value play. Did you see Eastern Carolina was – Tim said minus 10,000 in the game against Coppin State. Can that be – Tim, are, is that really right? I don't even see Coppin State lines on the book I'm looking for. Well, that's that's at. perhaps not a good sign. I'm just saying I don't even see Coppin listed. I know Coppin's one of the top seeds in, the re, in their regional. I just don't know. Okay. All right. Um, very good. Uh, what have I forgot to talk about? Oh, our great friends over at Caesars. Uh, speaking of Caesars Sportsbook, uh, as Ryan will test, it's a good place to be. It's also a great app to use. Whatever works for you, if they're in your state, have a great opportunity for you. First bet insurance up to $1,100. You make your first bet and you make it count, man. Maybe you got that. Maybe you want to take that spin on right state, a little plus money. Uh, it's a good time to do it. You can put $1,000 risk free. You know, I feel like an idiot for following Reichel because he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I'm It's kidding. four to one, so tread lightly. But I also don't even know if Caesars has college baseball. Put a grand on it. For... Put a grand on it. That's what I'm saying. Put a grand Let me on it. see what Caesars has. Because if, if you if you win, you win $4,000 back in Wright State, for example. Uh, but if you lose, Caesars says, you know what? Not even us. We, we feel bad about taking $1,000 on Wright State. We're going to give it back to you. But it doesn't just Power have to be right. Bias. It can be. It can be any. It can be any team up to eleven hundred dollars. Caesars basically insure your bet. You guys know the drill. Uh, is available, of course, only where Caesars Sportsbook exists. Must be twenty one to play, except in New Hampshire and Wyoming, where you must be eighteen. Use the code ATS wins Caesar to ATS WINS CZR. That code is available in the description of today's video, as well as the link that'll take you to the page to get you going right there. So. Very good. Uh, Tim Earl is joined by Ry Cape as another ECU fan. A couple of Carolina guys uh, taking care of business there with the the Pirates. You know what? I'm on the Pirates now. Why not? I don't. I don't. I, you know, I'm certainly going to cheer for a big time legacy school to win another College World Series. I love. The, I love the fun stories like uh, like that. Like the Pirates. That'd be cool. So I see East Carolina's minus six thousand against Coppin State. Minus six thousand. On Caesars. Okay. All right. That's outrageous for one game. I agree. That's why I think Wright State's got decent value, and that's only four to one because I know that team can actually hit. How do you not take a, what, 25, 30 to one spin on Coppin State? It's college baseball. I mean, you could just have an awful first inning by the starting pitcher, Mm -hmm. and suddenly Coppin State's up two nothing. I'm saying. Like for baseball? No. It's it's one thing if you want to take that and 
I mean, those are the odds you'd get it with USA basketball against Angola. Right. Like, that's just stupid. <laughs> right. Agreed. Hey, somebody asking you about uh, the uh, Coco Golf match tonight against... Uh, Swiatek? Swiatek, sorry, yeah. Well, both of them had straight set wins. I expected Swiatek and Goff to win today. Goff's been good. You know, American Phenom, finally in her first final at the age of... I believe she's 18 now, I think. Swiatek's won 30x matches in a row. I mean, she's basically been unbeatable. I think Goff can hang around. And straight sets, I'd say, is likely... I would lean to the over. I think Goff can actually force a 6-4 or a 7-5 set because she's actually been playing really well. Yep. So I'm going to go with the – I'll lean to the over. I think Goff keeps it close. Do I picture her winning the title? No. I think Swiatek's going to take it, but you don't want to lay that much juice with Swiatek. So give me a competitive two-set win by Swiatek, but I think that the game, the match probably goes over. Okay, very good. Ryan Page, I'm assuming he's asking you because he, he was checking in with the last show and I spent about five minutes ranting about Adon, so I think he has my opinion on it. So, Scott, you want to weigh in on the Reds tonight against uh, Johan Adon of the Nationals? Well, Mike Miner making his season debut, but if you want to look at the Nationals, there's nothing to like. They have scored a total of zero runs in the final... Uh, well, I know it's the last two games. Let me see the third game. Yeah, they have not scored a run in the last 21 innings which is not ideal for Washington because we know they can't pitch either. So I'm going to go with the Reds. Adon, we know, is awful. The Reds' offense hasn't been great this year, but after the atrocious start, it has gotten better as the season has progressed. But give me Cincinnati at home. That Nationals team is one of the only teams that can hold the candle to how bad Cincinnati is because they're separated by one game in the win column. I know Cincinnati's laying a decent price, but I really don't care. I'm just going to go with the Reds. I don't trust Adon at all. Where do you see Where do you see Miner, bud? I did. I saw Miner, unless I clicked the wrong date. Maybe he's pitching tomorrow. I've got Graham Ashcraft listed in a couple. Yeah, so Miner's pitching tomorrow. Okay. That's my bad. Okay. So it's a, either a either minor way, a minor error, if you will. A minor minor error, but Ashcraft has been decent this year. Ten and two thirds innings pitched, one point six nine ERA. But you're sending a Don into a hitters friendly ballpark. I don't mind the team total over. For Cincinnati, if you want to avoid the Cincinnati bullpen, but that Nationals pitching staff's a joke, and Cincinnati should probably score at least five in that game. Okay. Total on tonight's basketball game? Uh, there's been a lot of money on the over, which I don't fully understand. I like the under. Okay. I think it's going to be a hideous basketball game. And when you want to talk about the layoff that we saw in hockey, for example, with the Lightning yesterday and how they just looked out of it, the Celtics have not played since Sunday, and Golden State has not played in about a week and a half. Right. Does that usually trend well to the over? Because I'm picturing a bunch of rusty first quarter play where both teams look relatively sloppy. But Golden State hasn't played since May 26th. I'm not going to take the over there. I think you're going to see two good defenses battle it out. And I think you'll see some underwhelming shot making early on. I think they'll end up getting back on track as the game progresses. But I think the first half is going to be pretty ugly. I'm leaning to the under. Okay. You? Um, I'm on the other side. I'm, I don't I'm, understand the line movement. That, that's the one thing that's throwing me off here. Yeah, I think, I think, it's, I think, I'm, I think I'm on the right side of this team here. Um, I, th I think the offense of the Warriors is going to be different than anything that uh, Boston has seen in the postseason. 
I if you if I would be more inclined to play the under in the first half. The Warriors haven't been a great first half team, and like you said, there could be yeah. some rust. But I think they do enough in the second half to get it over the total. Uh, Nathan Cerner wants to know about me and the Avs tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to fade a team. That Kemp, put up. Kemper's officially out, by the way. Right? Yeah, we talked about that on the last show. I'm I I can't I can't I can't fade a go I, I can't back a goalie that gave up eight eight goals in the first game. I just can't do it, especially with the history of Mike Smith. I mean, so, you go back to the well and just go to Colorado in regulation. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the play if you don't want to quite go puck line because um, they you know they needed the they needed the empty netter the other night to cover the puck line. I'm more excited about Reg at minus one fifteen, but yeah, I I want no I want no part of. Uh, of Edmonton uh, in that one until Smith shows me he can do something besides what we both anticipated he would do. You, Scott? I mean, you can look for props if you want to. Team sure. totals, potentially, if you think Colorado goes nuts again. I'm looking at maybe McKinnon goal. Unfortunately, I ended up losing with McKinnon power play point in game one. Right. They scored eight goals. <laughs> they had one power play goal. McKinnon was on the ice and didn't touch the puck. But if I told you going in, you'd get Colorado's best player at like plus 150 for a power play point, and they scored eight goals, you'd assume you're in good shape. But unfortunately, I was not. McKinnon to score makes sense, though. You can really go for a lot of different goal props. You can go for a Kadri. You can go for a Makar, even if you wanted to take a bit of a risk. But if you're expecting, once again, a total of seven and a half or so, and you're expecting a bunch of goals, taking some flyers on some two-to-ones to score kind of has some merit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you just got to you got to hit a couple of them, and you've got a very profitable night for sure. I don't mind maybe a Zach Hyman power play point. We saw that he's been scoring a couple power play goals. He's not afraid to hang out by the back post. He's a a dark horse candidate for a decent plus price there. But as long as McKinnon or McDavid or Drysaddle don't go for two three goals apiece, you should have a lot of different goal scores. You could find some nice plus prices to capitalize on. Okay. What do you think of Andrew saying that Grant was the MVP, uh, slowing down KD and Giannis and hitting the threes? Uh, not good against Miami if he bounces back. Boston can pull this off. Well, that's based on defense, right? I know mm-hmm. in Game 7 he had a bunch of threes against Milwaukee, but, well, he sucked against Miami, as Andrew just said. He had double-digit points in Game 7. The thing is, I wonder what lineup Boston's going to try to use because Golden State wants to go small. But Looney's actually been good for them. And Boston could try to go with Horford and Williams, assuming he's relatively healthy. Robert, I'm talking about. Right. And try to dominate on the glass. Right. And we'll see how long they stick with that lineup. We'll see how healthy Robert Williams is. But if they want to match Golden State's small ball lineup, then Williams and Horford are going to have to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Uh, Rye Cape says, good luck to all night. Let's catch some tickets. All right, Rye. Very good. Don't forget you can catch Rye every Friday. Well, it goes, it goes up about, it goes up midnight Friday night, central time. So, um, or Eastern time rather. So you can catch him with me and Scott and Chris on our NASCAR show. Good dude knows the NASCAR and, uh, loves the Rangers and the ECU pirates. So, um, all right. Hey, let's talk about what happened yesterday, Scott. Let's go ahead and, uh, Get to it. We got a little bit to catch up on. Not quite as much action as today, but there certainly, there certainly were a, a fair share of bad beats. Perhaps you were involved in one of these. Uh, I don't mean you personally, Scott. I know you would never be involved in a bad beat, but uh, let's find out who it was. Let's find out uh, who had to get out their flip phone because they were so ripped off and call the cops. 
All right, Scott, let's start in the major leagues. No surprise there. If you had the Pirates-Dodgers, first five under four and a half, you're looking good. Just two runs through the first four innings. And then the wheels came off. The three runs in the fifth inning, three to two after five. Hey, man, that's more than four and a half. You're under four and a half. No bueno. Call the cops. And easily the worst beat of the night. If you had the Astros team total under four and a half against the Athletics, They had one run through the first eight innings, and there was no extras. So what can possibly go wrong? Well, you guessed it. They scored four runs in the top of the ninth, and they finished with five. A lot of guys had the Astros both straight up and as part of parlays in the comment section of my video yesterday, so that was a nice victory for a lot of folks. Uh, If you had the White Sox team total over three and a half against the Jays, three runs in the first four innings. Just need one more scritchy scratch across the plate. The final five. You're not getting it. Sit down, White Sox. Over three and a half. That's a joke. Tear up that ticket. Call the cops. Yeah, a pretty bad beat, but I think we can agree the Astros one was probably the worst one. Yeah, I would go along with that as well. Um, Finally, there was some good news. If you had one of these tickets, you were on easy street. You were taking it easy. You were thinking about how you're spending that money. You're going through clearing your Amazon wish list because you, my friend, were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Marlins in game one on the money line against the Rockies, they led five to nothing after four innings, and they put up a casual 14 runs. They won the game 14 to one. Oh, Marlins, Marlins, Marlins. Hey, if you had the Lightning Rangers over five and a half, we did not. (laughs) But uh, if you did, congratulations. Two goals in the first period. You're like, okay, that's kind of where we need to be. Four goals in the second period. Hey, take the night off. You're out of here. You've been cut because you're five and a half. That's a winner. Congratulations. You were sitting in the rocking chair. And the last one, if you had the Twins, team total under three and a half against Scooball, he was dealing because the Twins only had two hits in the entire game. And it's tough to score many runs when you only have two hits. They scored zero. How long have I been telling you about Scooball? Uh, well, we've both been on board Scooball for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years? Uh, over two years. Who got you on board? I know the guy we were waiting on. Who got you on board? Come on, The guy we were waiting on the most, I think, was Casey Mize, mm-hmm. and he just never fully developed. Scooball has been the other guy, and he turned out to blossom before Mize did. Yep. He's yep. been good. Absolutely true. Um, who, was the, who was the lefty in the Detroit with the wipeout slider? Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd. Dude, where'd he go? I thought he had Tommy John. Did he? I know he got tra- he, he got traded. They either cut, they I think they traded him or cut him, and because uh, I remember seeing that, I was surprised. Like, wow, they've given up on Boyd. Um, the Giants signed Boyd. Okay, but I'm trying to remember what exactly happened to him. I thought he got injured. Okay, that I did not hear. So I just wanted. Uh, just, well, let me see what I can find. Just fell off the planet. What you talk about the the quintessential great stuff without results? Just man. Anyway. He had good results for a year or two. Yeah, it's just give up too many home runs. Okay, it says that he's expected to return in late June. He's been battling some elbow issues. Mm. He had a left flexor tendon surgery last September. So I said Tommy John, he had another serious arm surgery, whatever. Okay. Is that close enough? I think Tommy John is flexor tendon, if I'm not mistaken. Is it? I think that's... Do the, I win? I think that's, that's an alternative pronunciation. I, I think it's replacing that tendon, yeah. 
can use it in a sentence? Yeah, but I'll I'll take it. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I thought he had a serious arm surgery, and he did. And I yeah. guess the Giants got him on the minimum, which means the Giants somehow might have an even better rotation over the course of the season. Yeah, because they always pick up a bunch of rejects, and they all turn out to be good. Also, what a what a great reliever! What a great what yeah. a what a great loogie guy. So. Yep. Hey, we haven't done one of these in a while, Scott, and it certainly is apropos for last night. We're going to find out. Uh, open up the spit valve. Clear out your clear out your spit valve there and uh, get ready to uh, oil up your trombone because, kids, when it came to yesterday, Scott, I'm not mad, but holy shit, I am definitely uh, disappointed. So the Dodgers, Scott, they had a... Uh, a stretch that I know a lot of their fans had to be salivating over because they uh, they had um, three games with the Washington Nationals, they had four games with Arizona, and they had three games against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, you had to think that they were absolutely going to make hay. And in fairness, they did make hay in the first uh, seven games of that series, winning six of the seven. They go back home. Here come the Pirates. What happened, Scott? Well, the Dodgers were laying about $3 in every single game, and they got swept. If you would have parlayed those, you know what it paid? Did you see this? For what, 100 bucks? Sure. Let's just, yeah, for 100 bucks, what would it have paid? I mean, I'm going to completely just make this up, but 35000 Not bad. Not bad. Uh, 4800 Okay. But 4800 or 48000 4800 48 to 1. Okay. So, yeah. So I wasn't even close. Fair enough. No, you weren't. You, you okay. missed. You missed. I had, I had some fun. Um, but that would that would have been fun. Yeah, that was. And and I I did the numbers last night just based on kind of what I had in rough guess. And I guess Greg Hoops Peterson posted and said it would because uh, I, I I came out with about fifty. If you rolled it over, it'd have been around fifty to one, and he came out with forty eight to one. So, not bad. Good payout. Anybody see that? Somebody asked me in the comment section of the first video. Said. Uh, did anybody have the Pirates sweeping the Dodgers? I said, yes, somebody did. I don't know who they are, but uh, somebody I like the Pirates yesterday. Yeah. Does that, that count? That was, we, we talked about that being the, the best the best pitching matchup of the series for the Pirates. They were able to win the two where they were at a decided disadvantage. Yesterday, they've got Quintana going, who's been, as somebody put it yesterday in the comment section, Cy Young hopeful Jose Quintana. Yeah, okay. I'm just, dude, I'm just saying. Any reason he couldn't be this year's Robbie Ray? I just think the lack of innings is going to hurt him. He's not exactly a distance guy, and I don't think people are actively watching Pittsburgh play. That's what I think. That's what's going to hurt him more than anything. So, okay, all right, very good. Um, but either way, he was decent. I, I, he was better in the previous starts, but gave up a couple runs. Didn't matter. Uh, the game was close. Then the Pirates blew it open in the ninth, and yeah. the game was over. Had the over there. I was pretty happy about it as we uh, had to sweat it for a little while. But, you know, I can't even make a case that the Royals aren't the worst team in baseball. I mean, I know they have the worst record, but you go, well, you know, but the Pirates. Motherfucking Pirates playing some decent ball. What are they, four under, five under? I want to say they're six under, okay. but they're better, than the, they're better than the Phillies. Yeah, there's well, mm. that counts. And the Phillies actually won a game yesterday. They're winning. Them. Yeah, the, 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 the Pirates are winning the Battle of Pennsylvania, man. So. Yep. God bless them. Um, Scott? I, I would say the worst team is probably the Nationals. But I think it's close. Unfortunately, yeah, a, a bit too close for sure. So, 
Now, this is always... Is there anything... What's what's better, a, a, a three-pointer at the buzzer or the walk-off home run? As a fan or as a better? Uh, as a better. It's got to be the walk-off home run. Okay. All right. I'm, I, th- I think I agree. Uh, I think I agree. Let's find out. You ever cover a run one with a walk-off home run? It's almost impossible. I did. I did it with uh, with uh, opening day against the Royals. I had the Chicago White Sox on the run line, and they hit a... We've all done it at some point, yeah. but the walk-off home run when you're dead to rights, yeah. it's a hell of a feeling. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, a, they were, they were one down, they were a run down with two outs, nobody on base, but two guys on base hit the three run home. <laughs> like, fuck me. I'll take the walk off. Absolutely. All right. So let's find out, man. There was one yesterday and we, uh, we probably don't talk about it enough, but there was uh, definitely one that needs to be noticed that happened yesterday. Let's find out who it was, Scott. We kind of gave it away, but we don't know who it was is they were the gambling hero of the day. beautiful sustain on that last note scott what happened yesterday so we already talked about game one of that marlins rockies game and how it was a rocking chair for the marlins game two not so much you had some extra innings action and the rockies ended up winning that game on a walk-off two-run homer in extras by infielder brandon rogers and the rockies were minus 115 on the money line it's a beautiful thing man beautiful thing day game walk off everybody uh it was a night game, actually. Oh, it was a night game? One of the that night games. That was game games. two. Game one was the day Oh, that's game. right. That's night right. Game. It was the double it was the double header. I knew there was an afternoon game in that series. Sorry. All it right, wasn't so. a run line win, though, because they were down, which right. makes the walk off even more fun. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So very good. It was a lot of fun. Walk off home runs. Give me more, please. Scott, are we starting to notice more overs coming in as the have they made adjustments to the ball, or is it just getting warmer and more wind? Oh, I thought we speculated it could be either one. Okay. We thought that you might end up seeing a, the totals over adjust to the under, mm-hmm. so the overs would bounce back, or B, the weather and potentially some scuffing of the baseballs might potentially result in more runs. I think it's more weather-based. I don't think it's really as much based on the baseball. It could be the hitters are just adjusting. Yep. And I think that could play a factor, too. But there has been more overs. I'm not going to pretend that that hasn't been the case because that clearly has been the case. I think it's mostly weather-based. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you hear a lot about the summer weather, how it's warmer and the ball flies more in, in the, when it's warm. And while that is true, I think what you don't hear a lot about is almost all the breeze is blowing out of the south in the summer. It's basically, re- regardless of where you are geographically, unless you're on the extreme east coast where it kind of swirls there. But if you're anywhere from the Rocky Mountains to the Atlantic Ocean, Basically, the wind's going to be blowing out of the southwest all summer long, and that's the way most ballparks have situated are situated. We've talked about it before, but a southerly breeze is almost always going to help the balls fly. So I think that makes a difference as well. So yeah, warm temperatures, more wind, maybe less time in the humidor. I don't know. So could I, be, but once again, there's no way to prove it. I predicted we I, would have the runs back by the end of June. It's about a month early, give or take. Now, once again, it's not you know, juiced baseball territory where every game has like 15 runs. No, no, no. You see most games now, instead of pushing six, they're pushing about eight. Yeah, that's that counts. That's about right. You don't you're not seeing those six and a halves, you know, that you used that you saw earlier. Well, even with totals that were eight earlier in the year, any Mm -hmm. game that got over six felt like a high scoring game. Yes, agreed. 
Uh, checking in the comment section here, Bill McDonald says, "What do you think about Marcus Smart as the X factor? Uh, Wiggins as well. I think that's a. I think that's. I Accurate. think that's two pretty prescient predictions right there, uh, or observations, if you will. That um, those are two guys that now Wiggins has stepped up. Wiggins has averaged about 15 points per game in the playoffs. Marcus Smart. What would you call his playoff performances? Got a mixed bag, streaky. Okay, all right, streaky." I mean, that sums up his entire career. Marcus Smart is a player who has a lot of value defensively. I don't think he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. I think he might be the most overrated defensive player in the league, but he's still a solid defensive player. But the issue you run into is the fact that he has overconfidence syndrome, where if he misses 10 straight shots, you know he's taking shot 11. Shoot or shoot. He has no off switch, and he could single-handedly sabotage a game because he can't read the room. So Marcus Smart's a player that I acknowledge can be great in small doses. Would I like him on my team? I would lose my damn mind. Yeah. And I'm sure Celtics fans feel the same way. I think that he's a pretty good player. In most years, he's not good enough to be the third best player on a title team. And this year, I don't think he is the third best player on the team. I think you could argue that Horford's more valuable. Yes. So as a fourth guy, I don't mind him. But offensively, he's going to kill you half the time. Yep. Yep. He'd be so much better if he knew I'm not allowed to take more than nine shots in any given game. Statistically, he's going to kill you about 70% of the time. <laughs> Pretty much offensively. Um, but if he would shoot nine times max, yeah. he'd be great. Yep. But he sometimes will push 18 shots and you want to slap the crap out of him. Yep, agree. There's there's too so, many there's too many weapons on that team for him to have to shoulder that kind of responsibility or think that he has to shoulder that kind of responsibility. Pretty much. Andrew pointing out a great stat, and uh, I, if I if you would have asked me what if this were the case, I would have guessed yes. But he's got the stats right in front of us. Averages have gone down for four straight seasons: two fifty two, two forty five, two forty four, two forty. It's going to keep going down. I would also pause it without looking it up that strikeouts have gone up. Now here's my question for you: When okay. they officially ban the shift, mm-hmm. do you think averages will actually go up, or do you think the strikeout rates are so high it's really not going to matter? Uh, I think the strikeout rates will continue. I think averages will go up because there's. I think it'll go up, but I'm not expecting anything above 245. Where are we at? Where are we at this year? 240. At 240. But I still see no. a lot of strikeouts. There's still too much three outcome baseball that's being played. I agree. I agree with that. I don't think, but I think there's a lot of balls, especially by lefties. That are being yeah, that, are, that are being hit in, into that shallow right field spot. You know where. For a hundred years, that was a fucking base hit, and now yeah. it's now it's a ground out to the second baseman because he's playing twenty feet in front of the right fielder. So I think I think that, a ceiling next year would be two forty eight, but I, think, I don't see it. I think we get to two fifty. Really, you do? Okay, I do. Um, I would like. I to, forgot what, when are they officially doing that? Is that for next year? That's like two years down the road. I believe it's next year. Okay. Next well, year we'll find year. out. Do you agree right. with it? By the way, banning the shift. Yeah. As a baseball purist. Bunt the damn ball. Yeah. Like, get on base. However, with baseball consistently losing viewership, it's also not because of style of play. It's because you black out half the games in local areas so people can't watch the games, which is a separate story. The MLB makes it almost impossible to follow teams if you are not in the local area. But I think that with the argument that slow play and the three outcomes are making baseball boring, if you want to find a way to immediately inject some adrenaline into the sport, I can understand it. 
What I do I agree with it? No. I think yeah. the issue is you should make baseball more accessible yeah. to young to fan bases. And instead of blacking out local teams and everything like that, make everything two dollars. If you make the baseball games cheaper to watch, I guarantee you your actual fan base will grow. But baseball seems to prefer to make it more exclusive to find, which means you're not going to watch many games. Fucking people make money in spite of themselves. I swear to God. Am I wrong, by the way? Because I'm sure you've noticed that with blackouts in Kansas City, but... How do you grow a fan base? Well, you're talking – no, con- let's let's be clear. If if I have cable in Kansas City and I, I only can't watch the Royals because I have a streaming service, I use YouTube. But if I had cable or if I had if I had the dish, I could watch every Royals game. So well, but you're, that's, but, you're talking okay. about being able to watch it through the MLB app is what you're I'm talking about. I'm saying with right? that or if you are a fan of a team in a different state. Well, you got to get the MLB app. You got to get – you have, I mean, the could, point is that so you have it, to pay it, a lot of extra money in order bu- to actually it's, watch. It's a hundred bucks for six months. You pay, you're paying sixteen change a month. Okay. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I I agree, but the you, point is it's a hassle. That's you, the point. Okay, but what does it do? What's the plus side for MLB if you're a Royals fan in Long Island? What does that do for MLB if they just let you watch every Royals game free? I don't know if it's a matter of being free, but just make it more accessible. Make well, it a little bit cheaper. Do something. Okay. You, you can't you it's it's, it's I mean it's incredibly where... accessible through smart TVs, through your phone, through a tablet. MLB app is right there. It's good, it's well, solid. For example, it's Bronco Bronco as an example. He lives in Austin. Okay. He can't watch the Rangers or the Astros. Yes, he can. Oh, well, you can't watch Oh, you're talking about no, that's a black that's a blackout. Whoa. That's... I'm talking about the blackout stuff. Okay. So you were talking about two different things. You said if I live in another city. I'm saying it's a mix. The first thing I was talking about was blackouts, and then I transitioned. Yes, blackouts are fucking ridiculous. I agree. Those are stupid. I agree with that because the logic there that MLB employed, and they've employed it forever, and the NFL used to do it as well, that, well, nobody's going to come to the games if we let them watch it on TV. Well, that's bullshit. The game is an experience unto itself. You know, what's going to keep me from going to a game if I'm a regular schmo out there and I want to take my you know my four my four kids and my wife what's going to keep me is the $250 price tag that I'm going to have to go all in and pay parking food all that stuff parking food tickets and that's yeah. pro- that's a light night with six people at a ballpark so that's so I meant, uh, yeah I mentioned being in a different state which is a separate issue trying to find the games it's mostly blackout stuff okay Yes, I'm. It I'm on board really with you on the blackouts. It ruins the ability of fans to follow the game on a day-to-day basis because the backwards logic of the MLB is: if we let them watch the games, they won't p- spend money at the stadium, and that's yes. fundamentally wrong for the actual concept of growing a fan base. Yes, agreed. You you want exposure. The more the more exposure would indicate, uh, you know, as long as you're putting a good product on the on the on the field. Uh, more exposure is going to bring you more attendance. And it's also even the case for the Yankees this year because they started showing some games only on Apple TV. Right. I don't know who's the moron who thought of that idea, but some people don't have Apple TV. And if you want to watch the Yankees and you live in New York, then why do you have to spend extra money to watch your local team play? As I understand it now, and help me out here, as I understand it, the Apple games are free. You don't have you can you just have to have downloaded the app. But you don't have to pay for it. I thought that I'm not sure, but I thought that was the case. 
but that would imply that you're still watching it on your TV that has Apple TV capabilities, right? Right, right. You, yeah, that's the, a whole separate. You do have to make one. some arrangements. That's uh, the point. You have to make arrangements to watch your favorite team play. They make yeah. it too complicated. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Larry Sports Talk brings up a great point. Their their marketing as well. He said he just heard Mike Trout talk for like the first time in five years. I don't think I've ever heard Mike Trout talk. It's no shit. If you if you think about Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, you know, fuck, they he's on everything. They've they had the golf tournament last night with him on there. He's on there. He is he is forefront all the time, and I think they're because everything I've, every time I've ever seen Trout interviewed. Seems like a great guy. Seems humble, pretty well spoken, a little funny. Fuck, I, great point, Larry. Absolutely. I want to. I want to ask you something. When was the last time you even saw Juan Soto open his mouth? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe if you maybe the World Series. As a national fan, yeah, that's I, I that's probably know. it. I don't know what he sounds like. Now, if you're in in those localities. Then you know if you're in if you're in D.C., then maybe you hear him talk a little more locally. Maybe there's some of the local beat writers and shit. Uh, th- some of the TV and radio guys do interviews with him. Same with Mike Trout. But you know, living here in in Dead Heart Flyoverville, I don't see any of those guys. I don't see those guys that are the face of the fucking MLB. Hockey's also pretty bad. Like I don't know if I've ever heard Connor McDavid say anything <laughs> in his entire career. I think the NHL is the only league that's worse than the MLB at promoting its players. They're both pretty bad. But that's the point, though, because the MLB is going to blame the bad ratings on the actual gameplay. It's too slow. We need more action. You also don't make it easy to actually find the games accessible from your couch. Yep. All so right. that doesn't help. Just saying. Well, there's one fix. You want more action? Let me bet on every pitch. <laughs> make it yeah, easy okay. for me to bet on every pitch. So. All right. Well, that's a uh, man. We kind of we kind of went down left field there. Um, well, because people know about it, but I'm sure they don't know to the extent. And we talked about the shift and why the MLB feels the need to radically change the way the game is played. Yeah, they... it's to increase viewership, but it doesn't help when you have a lot of restrictions in place for people who want to view the game in the first place. They they know they have a uh, they know they have a problem. They just don't know how to fix it. Pretty much. So, um, all right, just so, so I know people want to hit the highlights, Scott. Let's talk real quick about the NBA game. Uh, who you, you, you like the under? We talked about that. You like Golden I'm leaning State. under, yeah. First quarter I saw was around 53, 53 and a half. Okay. I think that's too high. Okay. Both teams haven't played in several days. I expect a bit of rust early on. I'll take the first quarter under. Uh, Golden State to win that one in cover? I am going to go with Golden State. Boston has not been very good in game once up to this point. And Golden State's still undefeated at home. I think they'll show up for the occasion. I'm curious how many jitters you're going to notice from Boston in the first finals game for pretty much the entire roster, including the head coach. So we'll see how they handle the moment. I think it might take them maybe a quarter or two to fully adjust to the atmosphere. And by then, I think it'll be too late. So I'll go with Golden State tonight. Okay. Um... Asking about the Mets Dodgers, I think there's value on Taiwan Walker plus one sixty or so against Gonsolin. Um, I agree. I think uh, the Dodgers are... have been awful, and the Mets have the best record in the National League. I'm not now, sure. I'm not sure the Mets should be more... plus one sixty to anybody. They've played more games than the Dodgers. They played two more, but the point is, those are two wins. So I yeah. am going to go with the Mets. Okay. Gonsolin's been great. Don't get me wrong. 
Do I really want to lay 175 with a team that just got swept by Pittsburgh? No, I do not. Okay. And we're going to talk about this hockey game in a minute. So, uh, any feelings on the, you know what? I'm not even going to give it away um, because if, if I asked the question, I was going to say, do you want to talk baseball then? Do you yeah. Go the rest of the card. Yeah. What do you, what do you see? What are you excited about? Uh, what am I excited about? Well, the Yankees are winning six, nothing. I'm excited about that. Okay. Me too. But my premium players are as well. Here. Do I want to lay 145 with Alcantara? I don't think I do. Chris did. I was going to say, he's 5-2, and two, mm-hmm. two ERA. I know he's amazing. I know Alex Wood is not great. He's been a monster lately. He has. But the Marlins are also 10-12 and 12 at home. Yep. So if you want to make the argument that Alcantara could pitch well, and yet he still might get a no decision, 145 is a lot. I suggested perhaps a first five run line there. That I can agree with, but do I? I would feel a lot better if it was minus one twenty five. Yeah. Because the Giants are still the much better team. They still have the better bullpen. Yes. And they have the better lineup. So the question is, do you really just put all your eggs in the Alcantara basket? That's what you're doing. That's exactly. And if I was going to do that, I would do the first five. But for a full game, I'm not laying one forty five. I think that's a little bit crazy. Just our. What? I was just going to say, just remember, Alcantara has gone 25 innings over his last three starts, giving up two runs. Oh, he's amazing. Like, no, there's no way around it. He's a great oh. pitcher. But I think the Giants could potentially rise late like the Undertaker. But okay. I already mentioned the Reds. I think they're a decent price tonight. Uh, I don't mind the Cubs. I, they're terrible at home, but Keegan Thompson's been amazing. So I don't mind maybe a first five there. Okay. I'm not a big fan of... of Liberator? Uh, Liberator? No, I'll, I'll go with Thompson. I think he's pretty good. And do I want to lay 145 with the Braves on the That's road? That's the question, whether you want to fade Gomber. It's really a shame because I really like Gomber, but he's been awful this year. Yep, yep. Rocky's also off a doubleheader, so the bullpen's probably cooked. Uh, I think I have to stay away from that one, but I don't feel great laying 145 with the with the Braves. Maybe an over, but eh. yeah, I hear you. I was uh, I was I, I I kind of uh, I kind of agreed with this one, but it's it was close. And the problem is, Braves don't hit lefties worth of shit. No, not at all. And so I think you neutralize a little bit of Gomber's awfulness by that fact. So. Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's get to it, man. It is Thursday. It is time once again, guys. You know the drill. Get those overalls on. Grab your straw hat, like uh, like Scott and I did before the show, so it's easily readily available. <laughs> Climb aboard your John Deere. Get those keys out. Put them in the ignition and fire that bad boy up. Because kids, once again, you know what you love it. It is that time. It is time to bet the farm. He's Scott, good. it's hard to believe we do this in real time. These kind of Ma'am. these kind of complicated wardrobe changes, sound effects, visuals, we do it all in real time, buddy. Mm-hmm. And none <laughs> of it's rehearsed. <laughs> and none of it is rehearsed. Hey, uh, how'd the farm go yesterday? What happened to Seattle? Uh, they didn't show up. We lost. Just didn't get off the bus, did they? No, Bradish was awful going into the game. 
and Seattle let them off the hook, and they finished with two. Yep. Bob's your uncle. So, all right, kids. Well, you haven't heard us talk about this, and there's a reason, but we are going to talk about it now. Scott, what's the farm play for today? I thought it was your day. Hey, Scott, you know what the farm play for today is? What is it? We're going to play the Oilers Avalanche over seven. We found this at minus 135, and that's the amount of juice that we're comfortable paying to get that number down to seven. Gives you, it gives you the option of the 4-3 uh, push. It gives you the 5-2 uh, late empty netter, if you will. So it does give you a couple options there in case it uh, doesn't get to seven and a half. First game of this series, you might remember, uh, landed 8-6, 14 goals. Five of Edmonton's last six games have had at least eight goals. Oh, wow, Scott. Is is there any one factor that is the same in all of those games? Uh, Bad goaltending. There you go. Bad goaltending. Colorado, mm, they've been a little bit uh, bad on the goaltending side as well for their last five. I've had at least seven goals. Now, granted, some of those have been offensive goals for themselves. But Darcy Kemper, he's injured in game one. He's going to be replaced by Pavel Francouz. Scott, it's going to be Mike Smith versus Pavel Francouz. First of all, is Francouz a step down from from, uh, uh, Darcy Kemper? Well, if you go by the regular season numbers, he was comparable. But he had about five. Uh, he, so Kemper's save percentage was 921. Okay. He was 916. Okay. But I guess the main argument you could make is that Kemper has a lot more playoff experience. And from what we saw, uh, Frank Kuz gave up three goals on 21 shots when he came in relief in game one. He had a save percentage of 857 and a goals against average of 551. So he didn't exactly look good right. in relief. We're expecting either goalie, if not both, to be awful. Yep. Like one of these teams could score six and nobody would be surprised. Nobody. So we're gonna just gonna take the over and have some fun. All right, there you go. That's gonna do it for the farm guys. O- Oilers Avalanche over seven at minus one thirty five. That's the farm. That's the show. We appreciate everybody stopping by. As always, of course, good luck on all your plays. For those of you that had the Yankees today, may all of your bets go as well as that one is going at the current time. But until uh, until later, we'll uh, just keep doing our thing. Stay tuned. Sean Miller will be right behind us. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 2 o'clock Eastern. You can catch Chris and I with our Parlay Show. And 3 p.m. Eastern, it'll be once again Scott and I bringing it on home as we help you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then. Thank you.